Welcome back to the CrushCast. Today, a conversation with David Vail. He leads up individual retirement nationally for Equitable. And what a year I would imagine for you last year and into this year. First off, thanks for joining us. And Jim, happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. This is awesome. The Crush It podcast. Absolutely. Now this is this is being recorded Monday, March 29th, 2021. So we're 54 weeks, let's say, into COVID. Let's reflect on last year. Would love to hear the silver linings and how you adapted to a COVID world, both professionally and personally. Well, I think, Jim, you said the perfect word, adaptation, uh, and how do we adapt? And I think that was the, the, the big thing. Uh, so I, I'll start with the business side. Um, that was the most challenging. Um, my everyone that on my team, myself included, were in the field. We're out there seeing people day in and day out. And here we are saying March 15th, we're going to be at home for a couple of weeks and then turn into a couple of months. And then, as you said, 54 weeks later, here we are. Um, so I really, really applaud my team for adapting. You know, they quickly learn the tools, how, how to you know, do a virtual meeting effectively. Um, and, and became very good at it. Um, very quickly, um, they uh, you know went down the path of how to do business electronically. So we went through the whole EAP process that you were a big part of. So thank you for that. So so it was about how do we adapt our field force to be better effectively uh, virtually, and then how do we then work with your field force in terms of how can we help you process the business and place the business and still be productive. And at the end of the day, uh, it worked. And we kept productive, we kept business coming in the door, we kept visible, and that's parlayed into you know, a very strong last year and a very great beginning of the year this year. And then from the personal standpoint, it was pretty much exactly the same. I myself had to adapt from not flying 250,000 miles a year, which is the silver lining. That was a nice thing. I learned I can do my job without having to get on a plane every single day. Uh, but for my kids, having to adapt to online learning and for a, a older daughter who is a uh, music major at University of New Hampshire, being a music major and doing uh, virtual learning was an interesting experiment. I'll put it to you that way. So you know, we had to adapt that way uh, in terms of our family kind of having a new life. And then, but the silver lining was just that. I spent more time with my family over the last 54 weeks than I have probably in the last 15 years of my life, being on the road all the time. So that was the greatest part of the whole thing from my standpoint, Jim. What a gift it's been, eliminating yeah. the commute, the time with our family, the time to, to own our time again. From a professional perspective, now that it's been a full year, what observations would you share about the discussions that you have with advisors and that advisors have with clients now that we're a year into this, like how are those discussions different and how's your process different? Um, I, I would say, I would say this, I mean, obviously all of our advisors and my field force have had to adapt to this new way of working. And, and I think that's a good thing because I think what I've learned from a lot of financial advisors in my conversations is that, hey, I can still do this and meet with more people doing it virtually and they actually want to do that. So I'll use me as an example. 
My financial advisor is 20 miles down the road from me. So it's a good 40 minute down and back to meet with him. And now we meet quarterly, virtually, we're in and out within 20 minutes. I have no commute and I can just move on to my next thing. So that's what I've learned from financial advisors. Yes, the human contact is critically important and we still need to do that. But because we've adopted and, and adapted to this whole virtual environment now, people are embracing it. Consumers are embracing it. Heck, my parents, 88, 89 years old, they now meet with their financial advisor virtually because it's easier for them. So that to me has been the big learning thing is that when we emerge from this, and let's say this thing goes away just like that, Jim, we're not going to go straight back to meeting everyone face-to-face. -face. This is going to be a blend of what we did before COVID and what we've done during COVID. I think it's going to be a blend of those two things. That's how we emerge out of this thing. And I think that's what I've learned from the financial advisors from my, in my conversations. We've had to get crisper with communication, though, too. If we had so. a meeting and a meeting was an hour, did it really have to be that structured? And now if it's going to be a 10, 15-minute call, like, we've got to get to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and what I found from my standpoint is having an agenda for every call I do saying, hey, and I go out ahead and sign, hey, here's, here are the bullet points that, that, that I have for you. What do you have for me? And sure, we have the niceties and whatnot. And, hey, how you doing? Great. How's the family? Great. And boom, we get right down the business and move straight on. Now, the danger to that, Jim, is you can stack so many of those up. Yeah. You can find yourself 630 in the morning until 8 o'clock at night backing all those things up that, you know, maybe we get to reel that back just a little bit. Yep. Yeah, I think virtually everybody ran into that. It was working. And so people running 60, 80 meetings and then no time in between. Right. Blow yourself up. What's your view year to date? The numbers are beyond belief in terms of bringing assets over. Do you have a view on why that's happening beyond an extremely strong sales leader? Uh, well, uh, Jim, I'll have to put that on me. No, absolutely not. Um, uh, that's funny you ask that because that, that's, that's, that's the riddle I've been trying to solve now for the last few weeks. Where is the business coming in from? And I've looked at every single avenue. Uh, I've looked at, you know, is there a decline in, in life business? And are we picking up some of those PCs maybe there? Uh, is there a big uptick in internal exchanges that, that's causing the big uptick in our business there? And in every door that I've opened up, there hasn't been any one single thing saying, hey, here's why our business is up. But what I've brought, boiled it down to is this. Number one, I do have an amazingly talented nine wholesalers across the country. They are unbelievable at what they do day in and day out. But last year, they were active. Last year, they were in front of people all year long, virtually over the phone. So they, weren't, they were not invisible by any stretch of the imagination. So that's part number one. So I think that's playing into it that, that my folks are very visible and they're out there in the branches. But number two, we've also done some pretty amazing things from the product standpoint. We have some of the most competitive products out there in the industry right now. So I think that's playing into it. But I think number three is there was something magical when one one of 21 hit and everyone said, I can't have a repeat. If they had an off year last year, they're saying, I can't have another off year this year. So we're seeing, from my standpoint, more advisors even more engaged this year than they were last year to maybe offset an off year that they had last year. And I think those three things there alone, Jim, our activity, the product set that we put out there for you all, and the fact that the, the advisors are, are really gunning to have good years this year, 
I think that's being the perfect storm. And I think this is sustainable, quite frankly. So many of us for years have looked at the productivity in December and we ask yep. ourselves how, you know, why? It doesn't even make sense because there are less business days and so many distractions. And the fact is it's mindset and advisors stretch. They have yep. targets they want to get to. And it sounds like your perspective is coming into this year, that mindset was at play right out of the blocks. A hundred percent. It was the mindset I had set for my wholesalers was let's have this a blowout year, set very uh, aggressive goals, set moonshot goals, go after them, your meeting targets, all the things set really aggressive goals. Because guess what? I think it's going to permeate down into the branches because I'm seeing the same thing with the uh, financial advisors out there. They get very aggressive goals of what they want to do this year. And I'll tell you what, we're off on the right foot right now. I'll ask you a closing question. When you reflect back on the last year, whether it's professionally or personally, and all that, that everybody faced, does anything really come to you as something that inspired you? Like when that happened, you thought, my gosh, that is just extraordinary. Um, wow, that's a, uh, that's a deep one, Jim. That's a deep ah. question. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, the, the thing that inspired me the, the, the thing that got me last year is, yes, COVID, it became really real. You know, every single one of us in one way, shape, or form had someone that was affected by it, and, and that was it. But, but for me, the social injustice that really happened through the middle part of the year and the uprising of that, that's what really caught my attention. I mean, I, I, I'm a, a white guy from southern New Hampshire, and, and I did not really recognize how big of an issue it was. So that prompted me to start doing some research, reading some books, being involved in the, the webcasts that we had, you know, through Equitable, my family sitting down talking about it and, and learning that, my gosh, this, this, is, this is bad. And, and, it, and it opened up my eyes to saying, I get to be better. I get to be conscious of how I'm speaking. And, and hearing some of the comments that, that came out of some of those webcasts that we had were, my gosh, you know, I think I'm saying this and, and it's a, and it's a compliment, but it's not, it's, it's how yes. they're. So what that did for me, that, that, that whole idea of the social unrest that we came across, um, that to me was the eye-opening experience. And that forced me to start thinking inside and thinking, Hey, how can I be better? How can I move this thing forward? How can I get involved? What can I do to make a difference? How can I listen and learn from others to be better. And, and that was the big thing for me. I feel like it was a collective awakening. What you just described, I certainly felt that way and a wake up call and uh, knowing that it's time for me to get educated, improve my perspective and think things through. All right, final question. Yeah. What are you most excited about for this year and the days ahead? What am I most excited about? Um, I think from a personal standpoint, every single day, Jim, um, we're getting back to normal. You know, more and more people are getting vaccinated. We seem to have some light at the end of the tunnel. Sure, there's talks of other spikes and things of that nature. But for me, it's every single day, we're just getting one step closer to getting our life back to normal. Now, what will normal be on the back end of this? Who knows, but it will not be March, April, May, 
of 2020 again. And I think that's what I'm most looking forward to is, you know, how can we get back and start getting reconnected with friends and family that we haven't seen for quite some time? That is what it is for me this year. As we approach that return to normalcy, I think as we experience it, it feels better than ever. I think we appreciate the basics like we never did before. All right, David, it's been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks for all you do for all of us. Thanks, Jim, and thank you for all you do for our team as well. Appreciate it.